0: hey what's up everyone welcome back to episode 8 of pass the torch as today i chat with former hockey player and current entrepreneur jr butler jr played d1 hockey at holy cross which we get into but the meat of our conversation is based around the launch of his new company called shift group which is an awesome brand helping to connect athletes to jobs in the industry of tech sales ultimately setting them up for life beyond sports jr talks about his success in the world of business why he believes athletes make such great salesmen the responsibilities of being a founder and all the greatest lessons he's learned along the way. So I hope everyone listening today can learn something from JR's story, which I know you will. So enjoy, and let's get into it. So today, Torch Pro welcomes on our good friend, JR Butler. JR is a former hockey player at Holy Cross, and has since had a very successful career in the world of business, working in the industries of tech and software, and most recently started your own company called Shift Group. So JR, congrats on that. Excited to dive into it all.
1: Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here, Danny.
0: Yeah, and, and so I want to throw it back to kind of your athletic career because I think it's pretty relevant for where you are today. And so I want to start. Where did you grow up playing the game of hockey, and I guess how would you fall in love with it? Uh,
1: I was. It was destiny. I, I grew up in central Massachusetts. My father was a high school hockey coach, so I literally could – I skated before I could walk. So right from the start, Marlboro, Mass, um, and now – you know, it wasn't like this when, when I was originally born, but uh, the biggest rink in the world is uh, half a mile from w- where I grew up.
0: Quite literally destiny. I love it. And so you go through the recruiting process through high school and, and you ended up at Holy Cross um, successful career. And I think in 2006, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys took down Minnesota, a uh, number one team in the country in the tournament.
1: Yeah, yep, that was my my sophomore year height of uh at Holy Cross. We we went out to the regional as the 16 seed. They were the 1 seed. They had about eight guys that I think played in the NHL. We had zero. Yeah. We had a lot we had a lot of sales guys, a lot of doctors and a lot of lawyers, but yeah, we upset them. Um beat them in overtime and then we played uh we lost to North Dakota the next night. They went on to the Frozen Four, but Unbelievable experience for sure and I the only reason I actually got to play at Holy Cross is because I got the opportunity to go to Cushing Academy before that um, luckily so that that really was kind of the changing point in my hockey career was the opportunity to go out to Cushing and play prep school hockey at the time it was you know the best hockey you could find uh, you know maybe in the country it was an amazing amazing experience
0: right And so was it always just hockey for you or I guess were there other sports involved throughout your childhood and in high school?
1: Hockey was actually like athletically my worst sport. I was uh, I was the captain of the football team and the baseball team there. Um, And I played hockey, uh, obviously, in the winter. So I my dad always preached uh, multi sports. So I, I grew up. I played Pop Warner from, you know, fourth grade on and I always played Little League Baseball. Um, I was a pitcher. So, you know, I was always, you know, playing other sports in the off season. certainly summer after travel baseball was over, it was back on back in the driveway shooting pucks. But me and my brothers always played
0: multiple sports. Got it. And so I know you're not giving yourself too much credit here on the rink for your ability, but I, did you ever have any intentions to try and play pro hockey or a next step or was it you want to get right to the world of business?
1: Well, I'm I'm a hockey player, so I thought I was going to play in the NHL until I was at, uh, in a men's league locker room on a Thursday night. Um, I think anybody that knew me probably knew that dream was over when I was like 16 and I started to figure out who girls were. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I had a I had a little bit of a different path. Uh, unfortunately, I, I got a little distracted. But I mean, listen, I even playing at the Division One level was probably more than my natural abilities gave me. So I always was you know, a harder worker and, and overachieved, I would say on the ice versus what my natural talents were. Unlike like my brothers, um, I, I definitely had to work for everything I got on the ice for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think no matter where the level you are in athletics, there's so much carryover into just real, real life. So I played college lacrosse, didn't get to the level of pro or anything like that, just played through college. But I think even getting to that level, there's so much that you can carry over from what you learn on the field. But with- working in a team setting that you can apply to the world of business. So now you've had a very successful career beyond the ice. You've worked in several different roles for several different companies prior to starting your own company, Shift Group. But first, how did you get into that industry of of software and tech?
1: Complete luck, if I'm being honest. That's one of the reasons I started the company is is, it shouldn't have been luck. Like Somebody should have grabbed me and told me about this and and realized that I was going to be good at it. Um, it, and, you know, going back to sports, I met somebody through the hockey world uh, when I graduated from Holy Cross. I was a sociology major, minor in art history and sign language, and I had no clue what I was going to do. Um, I, I was thinking about going, taking the LSAT and going to the law school. I met this guy in a, in a men's league locker room uh, about a week after graduation, um, you know, and he convinced me to to give tech sales a try. He said, I was going to love it. And he said, I was going to be good at it. And, you know, here we are 15 years later. And I, I think he was right. So uh, pure luck is, is really how it, how it all happened.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And so now you talk about and what Shift Group does is you help athletes with their next step in their career and you place them in these different roles at different companies and tech sales. But why do you think athletes make such great salespeople?
1: Well, I mean, you said it at the beginning, just like in business in general, right? Like teamwork is critical for businesses to be successful and like being a good team. What job you're doing, no matter what function you're in, you know, you have to do your job in order for the whole entire thing to work. And everybody has to work towards the same goals, right? Just like sports. So I think business in general, it's so easy to make the transition or, or make the comparisons from business to sports, but I think with sales especially, you have this basically this career that's you know you do it in a team-based setting fully right. There's no such thing as you know individual sales reps. There's sales teams. You've got a leader. They set a strategy. They set goals, and then the team tries to work towards those goals. So that's number one is is it's the it's a team-based activity. Sales is a team sport. Um, number two. Um, you know it's it's competitive internally to the team, right? So I always use the analogy when I'm explaining to to guys we work with. Like my roommate in college uh, was also a defenseman, so we competed for time at Holy Cross, right? So in practice, if we were in the corner, you know I was going to try to take his head off, yeah. but as yeah. soon as we got in the locker room, you know he's he's my best friend, right? And he's still one of my one of my best friends to this day. So you have that. That team, that team atmosphere, you're competing against each other, but you also want everybody to do well so the the team as a whole does well. Um, and then, you know, the best part about sales is there's a scoreboard, right? The, in sports, you know exactly where you stand against your competition because you can just look up. It's one nothing, it's two nothing, it's three, two, whatever. You can look at your stats. You know what you're supposed to do and you know what you're doing. Sports, sales is exactly the same way. There's a dashboard on the sales floor, or if you're working remote, they have team dashboards that go out. It shows you exactly where you are against your your metric goals. It shows you how you're doing against your teammates, how your team is doing against other teams. Um, And then you get rewarded for your individual performance, just like in sales. So like, you know, one of the reasons that that athletes are so good at sales uh, beyond their characteristics, forget about that is because it's it's so similar that they have fun doing it. And I don't I personally don't think you can really be great at anything unless you enjoy it, right? Like there's very few professional golfers out there who don't want to go out and play 18 holes, you know what I mean? Like where it's 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 a it's it's like laborious for them. So the the way it's structured in general just makes it significantly fun for that athlete mindset. Um, and then the actual like day-to-day, you see the characteristics that made people successful in sports show up constantly, right? There's, you know, you got to be resilient and gritty because you get constant rejection. You've got to be competitive because, you know, in a, you're not just competing against your teammates when you're trying to close a deal. You're, there's another software that's similar to yours that you're trying to beat. So you're, you're trying to beat the competition, you're trying to um, compete against other projects for that budget. So there's this constant competition you're up against. Um, so that competitiveness is huge. Uh, the reality is is it, technology changes so fast and there's so many intricacies and complexities to it that nobody, everybody's constantly trying to figure things out. So the reality is you also have to be very coachable. Like you can't be the type of person that takes feedback negatively and like shuts down. You've got to be confident, but okay with constructive criticism and using it to get better. Which athletes are unique in that way? Like the best athletes in the world will work on their weaknesses until they're a strength, and be okay with that. And I think in sales, the people that are really good at that um, do an awesome job. I think the other thing is uh, just like a general like growth growth mindset, right? Um, you know, the, the, the fixed mindset of like, this is as much as I'm going to know and as good as I'm going to get, and that's it, that doesn't really work. Like that curiosity to get better is, is that's probably the, the biggest defining characteristic of people that go on to, to immense success in any sales career, whether it's tech med device, pharmaceutical, financial services. If you become a student of the game and you're always learning And you're always getting better and and the results are higher revenues, more closed deals, you know, more promotions, all those things. So, you know, I I can't find a better analogy in 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 life than sports to sales. Like it's just a perfect marriage, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I think some of the things that resonate with me the most is that competitive spirit and having that growth mindset. And you talk about being coachable. And have you actually read that book, um, The Growth Mindset? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's great. So I, I read that in college as well. And I think it was super helpful for me. It was my, my senior year and I didn't apply it just to what I was doing on cross field, but trying to set myself up for, for life after sports. And so when you're playing sports, it is kind of hard sometimes as an athlete to think about life after playing, but what's a number one skill or one single thing someone can do that they can work on while they're still playing sports to set themselves up for their post career.
1: Network. It's not work. It's network right? When you're, when you're an athlete, you know, you're playing for your college team or you're playing professional. Like the reality is, is you're the bell of the ball, right? The, 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 the boosters, the sponsors of the team, you know, they got kids that look up to you. They know who you are. Um, like leverage that, like start to get to know people, start to ask them what they do, ask them what they like about it. You know, in order to be a booster, or be a sponsor or an executive that's sitting in the suite that you go see after the game. That means they've, they've had some success in their life. You know, be interested in them. Right. I always say to, to our candidates, be, be interested, not interesting. Right. So asking questions, getting to know the people that are around you while you're an athlete, if anything, it's even if it's just educational, um, then you're going to, you're going to come out of your playing career with at least an idea of what's out there. And then the the, the bigger upside to it is you can make phone calls if, if you connect with somebody and people connect with people that ask about them, right? Not the people that like to talk about themselves. So those are the types of phone calls that are fun to make when you retire or you graduate to say, hey, I'm, I'm done playing. And you know, remember this conversation we had my junior year, you know, I'm very curious about your industry. Do you think we could grab coffee and I could ask you some more stuff? And 90% of the time, that'll turn into another introduction, another networking opportunity. And that's going to turn into huge, huge, huge opportunities for you post-athletic career. So the the number one thing that these athletes should be doing is networking and just asking people questions about what what they're doing in their life to start to figure out like, you know, what's next for yourself? Like that's something that I think I was always naturally good at cuz i'm i'm pretty curious person in general so so that that's something that i think if i could like talk to any incoming freshman going into like a big college program i would tell them to network like crazy for the next 4 years to the parents of their teammates to the boosters to the you know everybody that's surrounding the program just get to know people start to understand what what's life after sports and start thinking about that
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to have the mindset where not every single call has to have a next step, but I think every single call can grow from a relationship, and that's important. So I think it's important to say yes to as many calls as you can and figure out what you want to do because no one has any idea, but I think having more conversations will help you get to that point. And so you were in the industry for a decade prior to starting your own company, um, but I guess why did you take that leap of faith and start shift group? Um,
1: to be honest, it's, it, it came down to, to really like three important recurring themes in my life. Um, number one was I have I've helped hockey guys for 15 years, make this transition. Like I get, I get a, I used to get a phone call a week from people being like, you know, JR, you're not that smart and you make a lot of money. (laughs) How how do I do what you do? Like literally, I, I can't, I can't even tell you how many times I got that phone call. Um, and for me personally, like me, when I transitioned out of sports, it was a super hard time in my life. Like just really, really struggled with my identity and trying to figure out who I was and what I was going to do with my life. Like I, it almost felt like, it feels like you're losing someone. So, you know, constantly in my life, I've wanted to be there for people when they go through that transition. Um, the second thing is, uh, in the ten years, twelve years, fifty-five quarters to be exact, that I've been a quota carrying sales rep or sales leader, um, hiring is like the number one role of a sales leader. You know, you say hire, uh, you know, recruit, train, retain, recruit, train, retain. Like that's your job as a sales leader. And hiring is really hard. It is hard to find out in an interview process if somebody's resilient competitive has great work work ethic is coachable and is intellectually curious right and has that growth mindset so i know for with 100% certainty that elite athletes have those five characteristics so i always told my recruiters that i worked with hey let's try to find athletes i don't care about what college they went to i don't care about their gpa like where you know where their parents are from I want folks that have these five characteristics. That's everything else I can teach them. I can teach them about the product. I can teach them about the sales process. I can show them how to demo something. That's easy. But these things are hard and they're really not teachable. So the second thing that's been recurring is trying to hire great sellers. So, you know, starting this company was a no brainer. The, the third thing is like, I don't think a lot of enough people understand the opportunity that technology affords you know, you if you make the decision to go this route. You know, If you look at GDP, uh, technology is, global GDP is $6.9 trillion. Financial services and insurance is 3.5 trillion. So you've got a lot of kids coming out of these great schools going to Wall Street and there's software companies popping up every single day all across the country that are trying to automate these guys out of the job eventually right so you know if you have a knack for finance or healthcare or retail or you know sports there's software companies that are going to be going to be you know started that are going to have an opportunity for you to get into this industry and i, I personally i believe that software is going to define the next 100 years of the world because you know guys that are 22 now we're nine years old when the iPhone came out and when in 15 years when my seven-year-old nephew graduates from college he had an iPhone in his hand when he was three so that his expectation of how he interacts with the companies he buys from and the companies that he's gonna work for are exponentially different than than when I was 22 and that's digital right like so this is where the world is heading so other recurring theme is I feel like I've been a fanboy and like a loud voice of like telling people, hey, you need to think about technology as a career. If you want to do HR, if you want to do finance, if you want to do these other functions, that's great. And I agree with it. But try to see if you can get it in the tech space because that's where the growth is. It's already the biggest industry and it's also the fastest growing. So those are the three themes that, you know, led me to start Shift Group is, Helping athletes transition, helping companies hire great people, and making sure that as many folks know coming out of school or coming out of their sports career, that this is an opportunity that they can take advantage of and they don't need any special degrees. They don't need any technical certifications. They just need a really, really good attitude. And if they bring that great attitude to this career, the sky is quite literally the limit. You know what I mean?
0: Totally. And I think it's a super unique opportunity for any athlete, college grad, whatever level it may be, because to work with you guys as an athlete, it's completely free, right?
1: Yeah. We don't, we don't charge athletes anything. It's, yeah. it's
0: no cost. That's a, that's amazing. And it seems like a no brainer, but I want to take a step back a little bit here. So what's your favorite aspect about running a company and being a founder? And I've been there and started a, a sports media company, but I guess, is it like controlling your own destiny, managing people, creating new relationships, trying to win, but I guess what is it that gets you up every day to keep you pushing?
1: So we we always get um, when I, when a kid gets an offer, like ninety percent of the time, we get this text from them, like like thank you so much. I never thought this was possible. Like you literally changed my life. Like you know I, and that's not really like why I like what's the fun part about running a company? But that for this company for Shift Group. That is what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's what really excites me is like creating the opportunities for these kids from different backgrounds, first-generation college graduates, folks that came from areas where they're surrounded by a lot of these limiting beliefs on what they can accomplish in their life. The, the, the thing that drives me every morning in shift group is I love those text messages. They make my week, my month, my year um, and that's, that's like for this specific company, that's really what, what gets me going. And now in terms of like starting my own company in and of itself, um, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, like driving the bus, right? Like when you're, when you're a VP of sales, you can blame the CEO. You can blame the chief marketing officer because the messaging stinks. You can blame the CFO because they, they didn't manage the money the right way. You can bl- you can blame the engineering team because the product sucks right there's there you still there, there, there's still some ability to take away some accountability and point at other people um, and I and 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 you certainly tend to do that but when it's your company and you're making the decisions and you're driving the bus if you go down the wrong road or you run out of gas there's only one person to blame and it's yourself so and I, and I like that. Like I, you know, one of my favorite books ever is extreme ownership. Like I love the fact that whatever this thing turns into, like it's on me like a hundred percent. Right. And, and, and that means like, you know, whatever my team accomplishes, it's my job to make them successful. And, it, and if they're not successful, I can't blame them. I can only blame myself. So that's like in terms of being an entrepreneur and having my own company, I just, I want to drive the bus, you know, and this is really for the first time in my entire life, I'm really, truly driving the bus and that's, that's really exciting for me.
0: Yeah. It's got to be a special feeling. And so what you're doing with shift group is amazing. And I guess for all those athletes out there listening, where can they find you and how can they get in contact with you guys?
1: Yeah, they, they can visit our website, uh, just www.shiftgroup.io, um, or they can honestly email me directly at jr at shiftgroup.io. But if they go to our website and they go to the athlete page, there's a form they can fill out. They get a dedicated coach that gets them through the whole process. You know, it's very hands-on. There's no obligation for them. You know, even if it's, even if they want to reach out and just get some education on our process and the career as a whole, we have a ton of, a ton of like online curriculum that they can read through and watch. And they can make the decision themselves if they want to go through the process. They're welcome to, but if it's not for them, that's fine too. So um, that's really what we're looking for: is is just get getting getting the conversation going, sharing that because we're we're very very honest about like you know the pros and the cons. So um, yeah,
0: www.shiftgroup.io.
1: They can find us there.
0: I love it. Everyone, check it out. And so before getting you out of here, I want to dive into some rapid fire questions just to learn All a little right. bit more about you. Um, but it can be one word, one phrase, you can go as long as you want and we'll dive right into it. Who was your favorite athlete growing up as a kid?
1: Uh, Ray Bork actually. Um, and the coolest part about that answer is he was my, he ended up being my high school hockey coach. No way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was a defenseman from, from mites on, Uh, and I was, I was, a kind of keep it simple, stay at home type of guy. And, you know, there's no better defensive defenseman in the world than Ray Bork. And he, I mean, listen, he jumped into the play. He he had a lot of, a lot of apples, a lot of goals, but I always, growing up in Boston, the Bruins in the, in the early nineties, Ray Bork was my hero without a doubt. Talk about a hard hitter as well. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a tree, man. That guy's (laughs) a, So who's your favorite athlete to watch in current day sports? Um so I really like I love these guys, these guys with swagger, man. Like I think it's unreal like some of the guys in the NHL now, some of these plays they're making um and 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 all the other sports, right? The, the, the right now like I'm I'm big on Joe Burrow. Like I love that guy. Like he's he brings that that swagger to the game that I think makes it really fun. It brings fans in. Any athlete That's that you can watch and you can tell they're having fun. Those are the guys I like to watch. Those that's that's what sports is all about. It's a it's a game. You got to have fun doing it. And uh, so, like, there's so many to name. Like all all these young young guys coming up that have all that swagger. I want to see that more and more. And I I don't think we're gonna get a shortage of swagger over the next few years.
0: I agree. I think Joe Burrow is the definition of swagger. I, yeah. I want to see some more swagger in the NHL. And I think I think it's coming. I think it's coming. But um definitely want to see some more pizzazz there. What is your favorite moment of your own sports career?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Um so I would say
0: probably
1: uh I mean, listen, beating beating uh Minnesota was incredible. Um But to be honest, like when I think of like my favorite moments in in my sports career, they weren't necessarily on the ice. It was the locker room, Mm -hmm. Like, like being around your best friends, you know, like Sunday mornings. Right. Like, you know, kangaroo court after a long week and a hard practice, just being surrounded by your best friends all the time. Like any like when someone says, what's your favorite memory? All I all that's in my head is the locker room and being around the boys and, you know, being, being with your teammates, like that's, that's the best part of sports when you win that, that is a lot more fun for sure. And I, and I was lucky enough to be on some incredible teams and, you know, high school and, and college. Um, but all those times in the locker room, that's, those are the number one memories that I have about, about
0: all athletics. 100%. That's a different answer than we've gotten in the past. And I love it because um, I think I agree with that as well. It's hard to pick one. I and mean, those are always the best moments. So not sports related, but who's your favorite music artist?
1: Favorite music artist is Biggie, Notorious B.I.G. I named my dog after him, Biggie. <laughs> but he's an a 11-pound Cavapoo, so it's hilarious that his name is Biggie. But I, I, I will bump Biggie till the day I die.
0: That's my guy. What's the best place you've ever traveled? Um,
1: probably uh, I got to go to Italy last year. That was like breathtaking, and 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 I I my family would kill me if I didn't have this answer. That was uh, my little bro- my youngest brother went to school for a year in Ireland, and that's where our family is from. Mm-hmm. So seeing that history, like being in on the same streets that my ancestors were on. Um, I, I gotta say Ireland, like my goal in life is someday to have a place there and to be able to travel there. It's just, it just brings, like, it makes me feel closer to, you know, the people that I never got to meet that are the reason that I'm here today. So I, I gotta go with Ireland for sure.
0: I have some Irish ancestors and they they grew up on a farm and I have not been over there and I have to make the trip and have to, I might go for, for spots to go. Uh, what is your biggest fear? Um,
1: honestly, uh, (laughs) so I, I haven't had a drink in 10 years and, you know, when, when you get sober, you have these things called drunk dreams where like you have a dream that you're drinking and you wake up and you're like sweating and you're like, Oh my God, what did I do? And then you realize like, okay, I didn't do it. So like my, my biggest fear is that I, that I lose, that I lose my, my path of, of sobriety because I'll, you know, I'll lose everything. Right. So that's, that is honest to God. That's like my biggest fear is, 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 is not staying on the straight and narrow. Like I've been able to, it'll be 10 years in in August of this year. So that, that sometimes will literally wake me up in the middle of the night. It's, and I think everybody that's in recovery
0: has that similar dream. Um, and that's definitely a nightmare for me. Well, 10 years is incredible. So congrats to you. Um, and that's amazing. And so last rapid fire question before one final question here. Um, what is one word that best describes you?
1: Um, I would say tenacious is probably a word that people would use for me. Um, it can be good. It can be bad, but I'm definitely tenacious. Like I don't, I don't give up very easily. I never have on anything, you know, and and it's it's a negative when when I'm wrong, but I still won't give up. Uh, but you know, hopefully at this point I'm I'm more right than I'm wrong. Uh, but I, I would say tenacious is probably the the best word to describe me.
0: Amazing. And so Jr. One final question. Appreciate your time here. But if there's one greatest lesson that you've learned over your journey in sports and business and starting your own company that you could pass along to someone and apply to not just sports but their everyday life, I guess what would that one theme be?
1: So I have it tattooed on the side of my my uh, rib cage, and I would say, "How you do anything is how you do everything." Um, So no matter what you no matter what you're doing, do your best. You know, if you if you got a messy car, you're gonna have a messy sales force. You're gonna have a messy desk. Your 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 deals are gonna be messy. You know, and that's a sales analogy. But I just think generally, you know, treat life and approach life with how you do anything is how you do everything, and just Try to stay consistent and do your best in everything. And that's going to show up in every part of your life, whether it's your family, your job, your sport, whatever you do, you know, do it well. That's that's kind of my, my biggest piece of advice.
0: Hell yeah. Do it well. Well, thank you, JR. Appreciate it. I hope everyone checks out Shift Group doing amazing things and uh, hopefully talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Danny. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Pass the Torch. I had a ton of fun, so I hope you guys did as well. Please hit that subscribe button and don't miss a new episode. Also, you can head to torchpro.com where you can find lots more content with athletes, whether it be video features, docu series, or other podcasts. I promise you guys will enjoy. Lastly, if you have any interest in becoming a smarter sports fan, you'll want to subscribe to our daily sports newsletter, The Morning Blitz. You can find it all at torchpro.com, and we'll see you next episode.